welcome to the Complex Care Journal Club podcast. My name is Kathleen Huth. I am a pediatrician at Boston Children's Hospital and your host for this episode. In this podcast series, we seek to discuss emerging evidence in the care of children with medical complexity and its implications for practice. I'm delighted to have Dr. Michelle Watkinson from UPMC Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh joining me today. She is the lead author of the article, Interventions in the Home and Community for Medically Complex Children, a Systematic Review, published in Pediatrics in May 2023. Dr. Watkinson, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Great. Well, we'd like to ask you to share a bit about your study, starting with the gap that you identified and your research aims. Yeah, absolutely. So this study is a systematic review looking at interventions for caregivers of children with medical complexity, or CMC. Interventions which take place in the home and community where these kids spend a majority of their time and receive a majority of their care rather than in the clinical setting. Our work built on the work of Elizabeth Barner and colleagues who published a definition of a healthy life for children with medical complexity spanning 10 domains from a high quality patient centered medical home and healthcare system supports to inclusive education, child social integration, and long term self sufficiency. This is a fantastic holistic definition of what health looks like for these kids. We were trying to find out which of these domains have been targeted with community based interventions and whether they're effective at improving these outcomes. Because it's a broad question, we worked with a wonderful biomedical research librarian on our team to develop a search strategy, and then took the initial yield of more than 10,000 studies down to 25 studies, which were ultimately included in our review. We then classified the interventions into various strategy categories and evaluated them by domain of health. That's something that struck me as I was reading your paper was just how thoughtfully you embedded your work in the existing literature. You'd mentioned the study by Dr. Barnert and her team, which was published in Pediatrics in 2018. They had used group concept mapping with a sample of family caregivers, clinicians, policy experts, and others to identify these outcome domains for children with medical complexity with a really broad view of health for this population. The fact that you structured your findings using this conceptual model Model gave you a really strong basis to say that there is a gap in our understanding of effective interventions for caregivers in the home and community in a domain that we know is critically important for a healthy life. So I just commend you and your team on taking that approach to the systematic review. Where did the study idea emerge? You kind of alluded a bit to the nature of your study team with a biomedical librarian. So can you tell me a little bit about how you all worked together and developed the approach to the project? I was lucky enough as a fourth year medical student to join an existing working group for a brief period of time. And it was a working group that was really working on home-based interventions for CMC. And they have done a lot of incredible work before I joined and since on piloting different apps that families can use at home on studying how exactly people build their home environments to manage all of the medical equipment that is needed for many of these kids. And so it came out of that working group that the question arose, how have we studied these interventions in the past? What has already been done? What did you find? The most common intervention strategy by far was intensive caregiver education, followed by support groups, crisis simulation, mobile health tracking, and general education. The most frequently studied outcome domains were long-term child and caregiver self-sufficiency and current child health-related quality of life. There were mixed effects in these domains, but intensive caregiver education interventions showed improvement in a majority of these studies. 
there were three domains that were not studied at all. Basic needs, inclusive education, and high-quality patient-centered medical home were not targeted in any of these studies. So overall, there are clear gaps in both the intervention strategies to be explored and domains of health to be studied, as well as we work to holistically improve the health of children with medical complexity. Thank you for that summary. Were there any findings in particular that jumped out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing were those three domains that weren't studied at all. Inclusive education, basic needs, and then the high-quality patient-centered medical home. It kind of makes some sense to me that a medical home outcome wouldn't be well intervened on by community-based interventions. Those would inherently be a little bit more clinically based, I would think. So that one makes more sense. But the basic needs and inclusive education seem very obviously to lend themselves to community-based interventions. And there's just a total lack of studies looking at that. Similarly, the strategy that was used by far the most was intensive caregiver education. And the details were different in the different studies, but it was all generally multi-session, interactive kind of educational things with the caregivers. And while it was effective in a lot of ways, it also was striking that those are kind of the lowest hanging fruit as we think about what to do, but there might be more effective ways to explore. Like the crisis simulation study I thought were really fascinating that we're looking at having families practice on trach emergencies and seizure management in a simulation center just like we do in medical education. There was a handful of really novel approaches that we found, but I I think it highlights how narrow we tend to choose to go when we are trying to help these kids. You just noted that the main intervention strategy was caregiver education with primarily these intensive facilitated training sessions. And I totally agree with you. I think about the innovative methods that are used in health professions education, whether it's simulation and experiential learning, online modules that may be more conducive to working around a busy schedule and and sharing learnings with others like home health providers or school. And it seems like there's an opportunity to incorporate more of these novel educational methods to support family caregivers in the home and community alongside other interventions. Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. That's definitely fair. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe those wouldn't be effective. We just don't know because the data is not there. Another thing mentioned in the paper is that even though long-term child and family self-sufficiency was the most commonly studied domain, I think it was 22 of the 25 studies, none of them actually looked at self-sufficiency of the child Specifically, it was all things like the caregiver's self-efficacy or confidence. It seems like you highlighted a need to explore interventions that promote self-management and independence of youth with medical complexity and disability in their community. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we too often assume that these patients can't take any ownership of their own care. And certainly different patients with different abilities have different capabilities of doing so. But I think it's important that we try to empower the patients alongside their families to take ownership and autonomy of whatever pieces of their care that they are capable of as they transition to adulthood. What other opportunities and challenges did you identify while conducting this study? The biggest challenge I would say was just there were massive amounts of studies to sift through. And that was because we wanted to be sure we were inclusive of all the relevant studies. Another challenge was that the definition of CMC is inconsistent across studies. And as we included studies going back till 1999, the definition has changed over the last 20 years. And all the studies included CMC. 
But many of the studies included CMT alongside children with maybe only mild developmental disabilities who didn't also have any medical complexity. So it did make it difficult to be fully confident in the applicability for the CMC population alone. And so then some lessons learned would definitely be to work with a skilled biomedical librarian from the very beginning in developing a search strategy. I would also say work quickly enough that there are not thousands more new studies to screen that have been published by the time you get through the first draft. We had to redo our search to include two more years of studies because it took us so long to get through the first round. It looked like there was a lot of variability in how outcomes were measured and how interventions were evaluated across the 25 studies, which was a message in and of itself that any difficulty in categorizing findings makes it hard to interpret or compare studies. Yeah, it was really interesting as we worked through when we felt like the study design met our criteria, we one of the key pieces of our inclusion criteria was that they had to be targeting one of these 10 domains. And we had to work back and forth amongst our team to figure out, do these specific outcome measures fit within the domains? Sometimes it was obvious that they fit within the domains generally, but there was some disagreement sometimes about where they best fit because they're kind of vague categories to some extent. The 10 Domains of Health framework hasn't been utilized in subsequent studies very much to see how other people are going to apply it. So we were just using their basic framework and going from there. Based on the gaps that you identified, what are your recommendations for the research community? What do you think needs to happen next? I think, I mean, it may seem obvious, but I think to gradually close the gaps that this review uncovered to develop effective interventions targeting all 10 domains of CMC health and to use a variety of intervention strategies to do so, so that we can really narrow into what are those effective strategies. Another aspect that came to light as we worked through this study was that caregiver well-being was not well captured in any of the 10 domains of health for CMC that had been defined, even though it's very clear and is well described elsewhere in the literature that a mentally and physically well caregiver is critically important for these kids. And there were a lot of studies that ended up being excluded because their outcomes were just focused on caregiver well-being, which we couldn't fit into any of the 10 domains very smoothly. So I think moving forward, we also need to be deliberate about including caregiver well-being into our mental framework as we care for CMC. That's such an important point in doing any of this work, recognizing that health and well-being outcomes should be broadly defined for the child and their family, and working towards consistent measures that help us identify effective interventions, that that's going to be critical if we want to do meaningful work partnering with patients and families to ensure that we are all thinking about things uh, in the right way. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier that children with medical complexity were often a smaller subset of the pediatric population that was being looked at in the studies included in your systematic review. You noted in the paper that there wasn't targeted intervention or even description of diversity of the patients or socioeconomic circumstances in many of the cases. You you highlighted really a call to action for focus on, on health equity in intervention studies for children with medical complexity. Absolutely. And I think the lack of studies looking at things like basic needs highlights that our patients that are most vulnerable and might not even be having their basic needs met are not being looked at as closely as they need to be. What do you think are the implications for clinical practice? Specifically, what would you recommend for members of the interprofessional care team for children with medical complexity based on your findings? So I think for me, this work has really highlighted how narrow our focus is when considering the health of CMC. 
these kids' lives are so valuable and they're a growing part of the pediatric population, which we all know, but we only found 25 studies that have looked at community-based interventions for them in the last 20 plus years. Even those 25 studies that we have don't account for ways to improve other aspects of their health, like through inclusive education, social integration of both the child and their family into their communities. I think as our teams care for CMC, this study can be a reminder to not forget the outcomes which may be more difficult to quantify, but are every bit as important. It seems like integrating interventions to support family caregivers that have been described and evaluated, such as mobile health tracking, which we actually had a previous podcast episode about, uh, or connecting families with peer support groups would also be key in seeing that as part of our role on the child's care team. Yeah, absolutely. What are the messages for patients and families from your study? Ultimately, I think our study probably shows the families of kids with medical complexity what they already know, which is that there are not enough resources and interventions to help children stay healthy and thrive within their communities. We as medical teams strive to follow evidence-based medicine whenever we can, but the reality is that there's just not great evidence in this area yet. And so we'll need to be creative and partner with patients, families, and communities to problem solve and meet their specific needs using their own strengths and resources within their families and communities. Additionally, I hope families would hold us as care teams accountable and not let us be too narrowly focused on certain aspects of theirs or their child's health at the expense of these other critical pieces. That's an important message. What do you think are next steps from your work? I think we just need to continue the work, continue to look at these different domains. I think it can also, even without creating incredibly difficult new interventions, I think it's important to be thoughtful about maybe trying to include more domains of health in the work we're already doing. Maybe that's changing a questionnaire slightly to have a couple different outcomes represented so that we can see whether or not we already are affecting these different domains in ways that we just don't know yet. And that's a way to do it without adding a huge amount more resources by creating entirely new interventions or new studies. So I think that's one way. And I think to do that also requires working towards standardized outcomes in each of these domains of like what questions really get at these outcomes. In doing a systematic review, it often does take a village, and I'm wondering if you can tell me about your team and how you work together to both design the study and perform the review. Yeah. On our team, we have a number of pediatricians, mostly who work as complex care pediatricians, but not exclusively. We also have an industrial engineer PhD who was part of that bigger working group that I mentioned earlier on working on how do we effectively and efficiently care for these kids at home. And so her perspective was really valuable as we thought through this. We had a local representative. Again, this working group was out of Wisconsin. And so we had a member of the Family Voices chapter of Wisconsin to bring in that family perspective. And then we had a biomedical librarian, which I mentioned her invaluable contributions as well. So it was really great to, especially in the early days of the conceptualization of this study when we were able to sit around the table and kind of bounce ideas off of each other as this question formulated. That's great. I'm so interested in the idea of having someone with an industrial engineering background. Can you tell me a bit about what their contributions might be or what perspective they may have lent when the study was being designed? Yeah, that's a great question. Nicole Werner is the industrial engineer that was on our paper, and she was 
really amazing in bringing a different perspective as we just generally talked about how we were going to improve the physical environments of these patients. And so engineers have brains that work in ways that mine certainly does not and are always thinking about ways to improve efficiency, improve processes. And so the way that she would think through the physical spaces that families were working with and how to improve them to make care easier to provide was just really fascinating and I think highlights the value of working with interdisciplinary teams, even in more unlikely areas of academia. It's wonderful that Family Voices is also represented in your study team in the leadership of this work. Yeah, so I think as we do any of this research, it is essential to include patient and family perspectives and make sure we're not totally missing the mark. And so we used our family voices partners as as a sounding board to make sure, does this fit with your experience? Do you think that we're interpreting the 10 domains entirely incorrectly from how you would interpret them as a family of a child with medical complexity? You mentioned at the beginning that you were in medical training when the study first started. What was it like doing this during training? So I started this study during a research elective during my fourth year of medical school. I had a two-month research elective, and I thought certainly I could get this the majority of this work done in those two months. And here we are four years later, and it just recently got published. So it did not go as smoothly and as quickly as I had hoped which was a great lesson in and of itself. And it was definitely challenging to do this kind of work during residency. But in some ways, a work like a systematic review does lend itself reasonably well to being done in spurts as certain rotations allowed and then being able to put it on the back burner when I was doing rotations like the ICU. So it was slow and steady and I'm endlessly grateful for the mentorship I received from my mentors from medical school who helped me get this across the finish line even after I had moved several states away. That's great. What are you doing now? So I just finished up my chief residency year here at Pittsburgh, and I just started a position doing complex care half the time and half the time doing general academic pediatrics. Congratulations. So glad that you'll be continuing to work in the field and asking these thoughtful questions. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm so excited to continue to care for these families. Do you have any messages for other learners in health professions who might want to do this type of work or messages for other researchers just in terms of your role as a learner on the team? I would say as a learner looking for research opportunities or working on a research team, having mentors that are dedicated to working with learners and excited about working with learners, which I am so grateful to have had mentors, particularly in Mary Ehlenbach and Brian Collar who have just really helped me every step of the way in this. And they've never made it seem like a burden or anything like that. And they always seemed excited to work with me. And so I think just trying to find people that are experienced and excited about incorporating learners into their teams, because I definitely needed more help than I'm sure they would have had to give if they were working with a more experienced person. I would also anticipate that there are benefits to the team, right? Like mentoring is really a a mutually beneficial relationship with the the fresh perspectives and excitement for this type of work that someone new to the field would bring. And the idea that mentorship really does inform and inspire the workforce. The fact that you're entering a career with a focus on pediatric complex care, I think, is a wonderful testament to that. 
also the fact that learners often do have dedicated elective time to launch or catalyze work on a research project can be really valuable for a team. I typically recommend that researchers connect with leaders of training programs, for example, pediatrics residency program directors, to identify any interested learners to be part of a project team if there is an opportunity. Absolutely. It sounds like it had a great outcome for you and culminated in a really nice contribution to the field. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for your time, Michelle, and thank you to you and your team for advancing the field of complex care. And thank you for listening to the Complex Care Journal Club podcast. We aim to highlight research that has the potential to be practice changing, that values patient and family engagement, is relevant across disciplines and diagnoses, and uses high quality or novel research methods. We invite you to join the conversation by suggesting an article that you would like to see discussed in this podcast using the form provided on the Open Pediatrics YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us.